When Holly's son was considering suicide, she called a Focus on the Family counselor. All those years I'd been listening to Focus, I was thinking about how they were like that practical guide for me. That was sound advice I could get from them. I didn't really know where else to turn. I'm Jim Daly. Together we can rescue hurting parents like Holly and give families hope. Donate today at focusonthefamily.ca slash give. This is, I knew it for, I, I could play no more denial games within myself. And so I was just like, you know what, Sarah, you're absolutely right. This is not a safe situation. This is not a safe relationship. You're absolutely right. Let's figure this out. Well, Matt Hammett is back with us today on Focus on the Family, along with his wife, Sarah. And uh, we thank you for joining us. I'm John Fuller. Your host is Focus president and author, Jim Daly. John, I love hearing stories about couples who, you know, despite going through really deep challenges, they just never give up on each other. Uh, It's very encouraging. And it's such a picture of how Christ never gives up on us. He's always there with his arms wide open, ready to forgive us and redeem us. And uh, that's the story that we started last time. And if you missed it yesterday, uh, download it, uh, get in touch with us, uh, get the smartphone app, whatever you need. It's right there available to you. And you can hear uh, the story last time from Matt and Sarah, who endured many years of arguments and personality clashes. Anybody raising their hand out there? (laughs) Um, You know, those clashes which led to fighting pretty constantly. And then they faced a terminal diagnosis of their baby boy. That's where we ended yesterday. And today we're going to pick up their story and explore how they stayed together, even though uh, what they could see and feel was uh, suggesting they should rip themselves apart. Mm. It's a really powerful conversation, and uh, Matt was the lead singer of the very successful Christian band Sanctus Real for 20 years, and uh, he's written a book chronicling their story and offering some insights. It's called Lead Me, uh, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Children, and Faith. And we've got that at focusonthefamily.ca, or just give us a call. Matt and Sarah, welcome back to Focus. Thank you. We love having you last time. And let's pick up uh, where we left off. Uh, You just received some really difficult news with your third child. Um, You mentioned the dreams your little girl, your oldest Emmy, was having for years, even before you were pregnant, about her little brother maybe dying someday. Mm -hmm. Um, That was powerful, Mm -hmm. and how God used um, your daughter to speak to your heart in that way and gave you what I caught was just the courage to stick with it and let the Lord determine the days of Bowen's life, not some physician. And that had to be so hard, though. Yeah. I mean, we always, uh, you know, have been advocates for life, Um, always believe you know, the Psalm, one, Psalm 139, you know, mm-hmm. that God knows us before we're born and creates us. Nobody but the Lord himself fashions us in the womb. You know, we believe he numbers our days, just as you said, Jim. And so I think for us, it was definitely first our faith, but also there was a lot of hope that we felt um, in just, you know, even like the, the story of, of Emmy and these dreams that she had, you know, yeah. it's like God sometimes does work through even children, right, to strengthen our faith. And um, so we were resolved, despite what the physicians were saying, um, to see it through. And in my mind, I wanted to be strong. And so I was going to just trust and hope and not allow myself to emotionally dive into the worst case scenario. Right. Uh, 
But when that became really difficult was the night after his surgery, he had a cardiac arrest at 2.13 a.m. They called us and told us that Bones' heart stopped beating. And so when they called us, we rushed to his room. It was the most surreal moment because that worship music was playing mm. at full blast. Mm-hmm. And there was a team of doctors and nurses around his bedside working to save his life. They had his chest literally open mm. with their hands in between the walls of his chest, pumping his little heart to keep him alive. And we're at the bottom of his bedside just grabbing his toes and trying to hold onto what we can. Um, after 45 minutes, they pulled us away in another room. And I just remember I Sarah was – almost stone cold because she had spent so much time processing this could happen. This could happen. She was preparing herself and she just was like kind of that moment of like, here it is. Whereas I had not allowed myself to go there. And for the very first time, I remember Mm -hmm. I just like lost it. You could hardly stand. I could hardly stand. Yeah. I just remember saying like, okay, Jesus, you're my treasure. Jesus, you're my treasure. Like reminding myself, I have to look at that and know that no matter what I lose, and then we just, I remember we prayed for him. Um, and the nurse who called us to tell us that his heart had stopped beating actually came in that room and told us that uh, Bowen's heart was beating again, that yeah. they had gotten him on life support and they were able to save his life. And yeah. that was news we were not expecting. Grateful for it, but man, you can imagine the pendulum swing of emotion. Now, man, uh, man, I mean, my eyes are filled with tears just listening yeah. to that. And I, I think the right question is the one that everybody would be thinking about is, were you shaking your fist at God? Were you, because you went from this yeah. trust at all costs yeah. to what just happened? And Lord, why did you let me down? And yeah. what's going on? Did you have time to process that? I definitely asked a lot of hard questions leading up to it, even though I wouldn't let myself maybe emotionally process, you know, the depth of what it could feel like to, yeah. to lose a son. Um, and, and in those moments, I think, I think what I was prepared for actually was that part because I, when I found out really struggled through that entire time. Um, and, and even journaled it on the blog and shared these thoughts with other people who really resonated with it because, you know, so many people were going through the same sorts of things. So there was kind of this community that I developed online with people who were asking these same questions. And I read a lot of different books, you know, on, on the issue of like suffering and why God allows things to happen. And so I can honestly say that by the grace of God, because I felt prepared in that moment, I was able to just look at Jesus and, and trust that the treasure of him, being enough for me was that that was enough you know? yeah let me ask on behalf of those parents that did lose a child yeah they didn't have the comeback yeah um, they couldn't resuscitate yeah what do you say to them well i think i might not even be able to say it no it's okay when you like the miracle that other people didn't get is just so hard for me yeah. sorry it's okay it's yeah. just so hard. To, it's hard to find the balance of being so grateful for the miracle we received. Mm. But yeah. then I just have helped so many moms who didn't get it. And I don't know why. Right. So right. anyway, sorry. No, I mean, that. I mean, that's the right answer. We don't understand these things. We're not God. Yeah. yeah. You know, we don't understand what he's doing in all of our lives and how he works these things. The one thing I do know is that those children, I believe, are in heaven. Yes. And, you know, God's open arms, and I I just trust in that, that God's heart, his 
grace is big enough for that situation. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we need to count on that. I do need to press through because, yeah. Matt, it, it, it seemed like, no, this, I love your heart. <laughs> don't apologize. Don't me. apologize. Yeah. It's so wonderful. And I'm so grateful that you do feel the pain of other yeah. people. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but in that way, Matt, it seemed like in the book, uh, you get back on tour. Yeah. I mean, you're committing to more days of touring, and Sarah's back with two children, and yep. this newborn that's you know yep. going and struggling. And I mean, what what was that about? This um, was a strange moment in time for me because I had been working on this dream, right? This music dream. I've been feeling yeah. the tension between the music dreams and the family dreams. This is the tension we write about in the book. I mean, this is the this is the thing we all feel, right? Right. And um, and in that moment, the day that Bowen had his first open heart surgery was the day that "Lead Me" the song went number one. Yeah, same Christian day. Radio. Same day. That's crazy. So we have a number one song, which is everything I wanted. Right. All the sales are gone with Zerk, and all you know, the charts are wow. great. And that's what I had tried to strive for. And did I care at that moment? No. I didn't care at that moment because my son was dying. And it was such a stark contrast of those family dreams versus the career dreams and in the end what was really important. Now, where it gets really interesting is that the song that I had written about being a more present husband and father that goes number one while I'm in the hospital with, with Bowen through his heart surgeries. The success of that song ended up taking me away from my family even more. So, you know, come February, after this time we spent in the hospital, these few months of dealing with this, Sarah takes, or we take, a very sick child home. They unplug him from all the monitors that had meant everything, right, for months. And it's like, right. oh, here you go. Here's your your baby. It's like 10, 10 minutes ago, we had to watch that monitor religiously and now they just unplug it and send you home and you're like she's scared out of her mind as a mother obviously and wants to make sure she does everything right and so do i but guess what the, the band and, and the, well, the work the career is calling and uh, it is how i make income that's right I and mean, that was part of it too it's like okay we've taken these months off now it's time to we've got a number one song it's time to go oh, i'm sure yeah yeah and and the the Record companies probably say you got to get out there. Yeah, I mean all these competing problems. Yeah. Now you you find yourself on the road emotionally. Yeah. Where are you at and what's happening yeah. with some of the people you're working with? Yep. This is where the story turns to the common yes story of what happens to a lot of men who are isolated. Absolutely. I um so Sarah and I and are grieving differently, um, and I'll make this very quick so I can move into what you're talking about. But basically, in grieving differently, uh, she was at, her way of dealing with her grief was being at Bowen's bedside uh, or his side in general, twenty-four hours a day, caregiver. Caregiver. Um, I tried to do as much as that as I could, but I really needed her the way I grieved, mm. and so she felt animosity 
towards me that I wasn't at the bedside 24 seven right next to her that I was in her mind. I was trying to pull her away. Yeah. Sarah, that I was another thing that mm-hmm. needed her. Yeah, right. Describe that. Cause a lot of women are going to connect with that feeling. Mm-hmm. A lot of men aren't going to really understand what Matt's talking I about. I just felt so strongly that I had to be as uh, Bowen's voice because he had no voice. And so the way I'm built, I'm just, I was hyper, vigilant and hyper aware and hyper available to Bowen, only Bowen, 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 Bowen. It was all consuming. It was all consuming. And I do think looking back, I could have for sure, it was maybe imbalanced for sure. I could have found ways to balance that a little better, but I didn't know how to at that time. And how did you react emotionally then to to Matt's um, maybe not so subtle demand for your... I thought he was selfish. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, really, and now I see that that's not selfish. It's the way he was grieving, how he coped. He Mm. needed me to hold him and hug him and sit with him and be away from the bedside for even... He would even just ask for 15, 20 minutes. And it was like, no, I, I can't. What if a doctor comes in? You know, it was... It was just we didn't know what we've never done it before well super stress this focus on the family broadcast will continue in just a moment this is the sound of the staff here at focus on the family canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m petitioning god for those with crisis in their marriage for those who want to become better parents and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. For years, Adventures in Odyssey has been loved by children and parents alike. But did you know there is more than just audio dramas? This summer, with the help from friends like Wit, Connie, and Eugene, your children can hone their reading skills that spark their imagination and build their faith. At Focus on the Family Canada, we have a great selection of Adventures in Odyssey books for children of all ages. Explore a collection of Adventures in Odyssey books, audio albums, and more at shop.focusonthefamily.ca slash AIO. Word of mouth is the best kind of promotion, and Deeks Insurance is proud to list word of mouth as a secret to their success. Serving the faith-based community with tailored plans and preferred rates for home and auto insurance, Deeks knows the importance of a good reputation, which is why so many customers refer their friends and their family to Deeks Insurance, a licensed insurance brokerage since 1981. If you can't wait to find out from someone else, then visit deeksinsurance.ca to get started with a quote. Deeks Insurance where family matters. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Matt, I want to be really careful here because you guys have worked hard to get where you're at today. And it's, you know, it's in many ways unfortunate to kind of do an interview and relive your worst possible moments. And I recognize that. But at the same time, there are going to be people listening right now yeah. that are right where you were then. Absolutely. And they need to hear that wisdom to say, Absolutely. how did you get out of that? So you go back on the road. There's yep. a new band manager. Um, she seems very empathetic to you, and you're her superstar, and she's treating you that way. Yeah. Describe the emotions of that Absolutely. and what began to happen. Yeah. I mean, I was really in a place where um, I was, you know, we talked about a moment ago grieving there was a rift between me and sarah 
and I had someone who was just ready and able to speak those loving words and life felt like me, words of life-giving words and affirmation uh, straight into those those absences, right? Into those hungry places. And so what ended up happening is that I began to like idolize that feeling of getting that from this person because I felt at the time I wasn't getting it from Sarah. And, you know, it was delicate with us even after addressing this. And I I tried my best. I rewrote this chapter probably seven or eight times because it's so hard because we always ask, well, what defines an affair, right? And and that's, I struggled at first to even call it that. But as we know, an affair is anything that takes, that steals from that that well of cherishing love that you are as meant for your spouse and you are channeling that into another place. I was giving pieces of my heart and life and that friendship and relationship that was meant to be shared only with Sarah, those vulnerable places, I was allowing that door to be opened in another relationship. And to the point where I was uncomfortable enough with it I kept telling myself, well, there's not a physical attraction. She's older than I am. She's a safe place. Um, but I knew full yeah. well that it was not a safe place. Well, and to a, a spouse you know, that's listening, I mean, I, yeah. I love that warning. Yeah. Because that certainly is in the early steps of what most likely would lead to something more. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I hope people are heeding the warning there. Sarah, I want to make sure on behalf of women listening um, that, you know, you're not owning the guilt of that. I mean, again, it it can sound like, you know, you weren't meeting certain emotional needs that Matt had at the moment, and therefore it it was your fault in some way. And and people will email us, and I just want to make sure we hit it. <laughs> and I want to make sure I hit it that in no way, shape, or form. Correct. Is that I, I take full responsibility. Right, and I appreciate that, because yeah. I think so often women, you know, men that will express those things, they yeah. can misinterpret that. Sometimes, you know, they're interpreting it accurately. I know yeah. for a fact it's not true in this case, and yeah. I just want to make sure totally. you're not you're not the bad person here. You're yeah. coping yourself. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I... um. I just felt, you know, in my response to what he said, even as he was saying it, it was, you were insatiable. Like, as many compliments as I could give you at that time weren't enough. That's right. what it felt like to me because I felt very loving in that time. I felt very needy. We both yeah. just couldn't see straight. And he, I think, you know, we were just so broken and, and processing things in such an upside down way. So, Isn't yeah, it- I even look at that and go, I felt like I was enough in that moment. I mean, I'm sure I wasn't perfect, but... You you think of, spiritually, you think of the enemy, you know, looking to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, think of it in that spiritual context of how quickly that evilness works into that vacuum. Tricky. I mean, it was so tricky. Here we are in such a vulnerable place. And who would have thought? And I think... I would have never thought with Matthew because it's not something we ever dealt with in the past. But you did have kind of a bad feeling, right? You had some kind oh, of sense. Oh, absolutely. And I will right. say, absolutely. I remember meeting this person and I had been hearing about her because I'm home, you know, taking care of kids. And, oh, you've got to meet this person. She's so great. She's so warm. She's so all everything we've been looking for. 
and she's my new best friend. And I'm like, oh, cool, okay, um, okay. And I'm trying to give it a try. Right. And I go to give her a hug, and I just felt repelled. There was a stiffness wow. to it, and mm. and so immediately my spirit was like, or the Holy Spirit was like, something's off. Yeah. And I I'm very as I've said before, I'm very open. I'm very direct. And so I started telling him, I don't feel right about this. Something's uh, off. So we got to, I mean, we've got to pull this thing in. We're okay. down to the end. <laughs> and no, no. Are you kidding me? This is good. I think people have connected. Yeah. But we've got to kind of fast forward through how God uh, got a hold of this and how you yeah. got a hold of yourselves and one another, literally. Yeah. So what was that breakthrough moment? What happened for you, Matt, to say, what is going on and yeah. begin to cleave again yeah. to Sarah as your wife? There were some things that, that happened um, that made me aware that I saw that I was like, okay, this is, this is certainly un- this is unsafe. This is, I knew it. I, I could play no more denial games within myself. And so I was just like, you know what, Sarah, you're absolutely right. This is not a safe situation. This is not a safe relationship. You're absolutely right. Let's figure this out. And so we parted ways. And that was kind of the beginning of us then processing the whole thing together. Yeah. Had to, I had to earn trust back with her. Well, right. And, Sarah and I had and the, to yeah. learn how to be patient with the fact that just because everything had gotten resolved, nothing crazy happened, I could brush it off and say, oh, well, it was a close call. And it was this and that. And it wasn't the, you know, look at all the things it wasn't instead of what it was. Right. I had to deal with the fact of what it was and the hurt that was there. And how did how did that trust get rebuilt, Sarah, for you? I just think I had to remember that that isn't who he is. It was just a blip in time. And, you know, I think we did some things right. We did some things wrong as we processed it and healed from it. So I think one thing is for women, <clears throat> I needed to know everything right up front, all of it. And I needed to ask questions as I processed it. It couldn't be in one conversation. Sure, it's scratching up pain for him too, but I need to know these answers. I'm a person who needs the answers. Now, some women I know don't want all the details right. and that's how they process. So maybe just... Yeah, you know, that... and Sarah's a big investigator, so I had to learn how to be patient with the fact that, like, you know, the pain of like, why don't you trust me? It wasn't that, or it wasn't that, or if she was asking things that seemed ridiculous even to me. You know, I wanted, to, I had to be patient and, and learn how to let her ask those questions, sure, and and let her just feel those things and just ex- accept it, right, and then speak life and love and in a calm, gentle, understanding way. It would scratch his shame every time I would bring it up. And so there was that struggle sometimes. Well, I can only imagine. And, you know, if you weren't agreeing on something entirely different, it was probably very, a useful tool. Totally. To come back at him and say, well, Well, if you want to get down to it. And even mild (laughs) arguments bring me straight back to the way I felt he didn't love me. And so even to this day, if I feel like the same eyes and the same heart are responding to me that could have done what happened there, I will say that brings me back to that because I feel like that was the heart. That was the eyes. That was the action 
that hurt me so much. So. Yeah, and, and again, the good news is you're restored. Yes. You work through yeah. a lot of issues. In fact, uh, Matt, you did something pretty extreme. I want to capture that, and then I want that update on Bowen. But yeah. what was that extreme thing that you did that you felt Sarah would appreciate? So even before all this stuff happened that we're talking about, I had attention. You know, and, and and I had that tension, the work dream, and the family dream in me from the moment we had, moment we had our first daughter. Out of, you know, our first out of the four now, and um and and over the course of time, I felt that restlessness. But in about 2014, the end of 2014, I started to feel that that restlessness inside of me of how do I be the father and the husband that God's called me to be. The message of lead me that I was singing every night on stage. Yeah. How do I live this more and sing it less? Um, and I knew that the thing that I needed to do to live the message I had been singing was for me to step away from that life that had really taken me away from Sarah and the kids to then take the best of my life and stop giving it to something else and find a context in which I could use my gifts and my talents that was also healthy for my family life as well. Yeah. And so I made the decision to step away from the only thing I'd known for 20 years. Yeah. It was hard. It was, it was, it was hard, yeah. but it was the right thing to do. And as hard as it was, it was what God was calling me to do. Wow. I mean, you just said the words that are so critical to yeah. a man's heart, yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. The warrior spirit. Um, yeah. Good job. Thank you. Way to go. I do want to come back to Bowen and end here because this is really good. Bowen's 10 years old. You mentioned that, I think, right at the start of the show or last yeah. time. Uh, he also has picked up a knack for songwriting. Um, describe yeah. Bowen today and where he's at. <laughs> well, first I want to say, you know, the doctors we talked about before who were encouraging us to terminate our pregnancy yeah. said that our life would be hard because of him that our, his siblings would be worse off because of him. But I'll tell you right now that because of him, our family is stronger. Our children have yeah. empathy. Our children have compassion. Our children have are stronger people, and our family is stronger because we have something in front of us that constantly reminds us uh, that every day is precious. Mm. And And he is such a precious kid. He's loved by his siblings. He loves his siblings well. You know, we often talk about Bowen's broken heart, but I, the truth is that we all have broken hearts. And uh, he, what well, he has physically represents us all spiritually and emotionally in this life. Um, you know, Sarah and I hold on to the hope that one day God will make everything new. Amen. That's what he came to do. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's what your son at 10 yeah. chokes me up. Yeah. He already caught the lesson. Mm -hmm. He knows it. That's right. That's awesome. That's right. And we do what we can to bring a little bit of heaven on earth, like Jesus told us to in the meantime. Mm. So. Well, Matt and Sarah, this has been really great. Yeah. Thanks for that vulnerability to share it with us. And yeah. make sure you get Bowen and your other kids a big hug for representing yeah. the Lord yeah. so well. Absolutely. And we appreciate it. I hope you get a copy of the book, Lead Me, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Children, and Faith. I can't think of a greater resource for the family. And in addition to that, if you don't know who Jesus is, get a hold of us. We'll talk with you about that. Um, this is what life is about, is to know him and live for him. Mm -hmm. um, it's not finger wagging. It's not a bunch of rules. It's uh, loving the creator of the universe and then being a part of his family. Uh, it's that simple. 
And uh, I hope you get in touch with us. Yeah, and if you can, please donate generously to the work here of Focus on the Family Canada. Um, do so when you get in touch. And uh, also, when you have us on the phone or you're online, uh, please remember to get a copy of Matt's book, Lead Me, Finding Courage to Fight for Your Marriage, Children, and Faith. And of course, along the way, we've talked about some of the donor-supported services that we have here at Focus to help you. In addition to great books uh, and videos, we've got Caring Christian Counselors here and our Hope Restored Marriage Intensives. It's all a phone call away. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, or you can donate and get resources and help at focusonthefamily.ca. Matt and Sarah, thank you for your heart. Thank you. Thanks for for having having us. us. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Well, be sure to join us again here tomorrow as we hear from Chantel Brewer. She'll be encouraging you as a mom to prioritize and see your child or your children as a mission field. I went home and I was like, you know what? Instead of telling you, Lord, who I want to be, I'm going to ask what are my priorities. And Uh. he gave them to me very succinctly. It's my relationship with him. It's my relationship with my husband and then my kids and everything else. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.